To help remedy this, my doctor prescribed me with sleeping pills, benzos. Blissfully unaware of just how addictive benzos are, I took one that night and slept for a glorious five hours. The next day, I felt like a completely different person. That night, I took another tablet and slept for five hours yet again. I knew it. I just needed sleep. The third night, though, one tablet wasn't cutting it. The next night, I took two to ensure I could get the same five hours. By the time Clara was nine weeks old, I was taking five benzos a night, but getting between one and two hours of sleep. There was no denying that I was royally screwed. The thing is, I had people there for me. My mum came and stayed with us for the first six weeks. Jay was nothing but attentive, helpful, and doting. My friends were asking thoughtful questions, but for some reason, I was dying inside and was terrified for anyone to know it. So I told myself that I just needed space and that once in Scotland, I'd have the chance to finally get it. With Clara now 10 weeks old, our families assured me that they would look after her as I waved goodbye en route to the airport. Of course, they'll do a better job of looking after Clara than I can. She won't even miss me. Maybe my plane will go down. That would be better for everyone. Those are just some of the few thoughts that ran through my mind as I drove to the airport. As I was making my way onto the M1, the dull ringing in my ears escalated to fire alarm levels. My vision started going dark. My chest was tightening. I knew that instantly I was having the same panic attack I had in the Harbour Bridge Tunnel. I pulled over to lie down. I can't even get to the airport. I'm such a burden on everyone. Jay, Clara, my family and friends will be better off without me here. The only way out of this is to remove myself from the planet. This is a selfless act. Jay will marry someone else, someone amazing. Clara will get a mother who isn't a failure. As I regained my ability to breathe, see, and hear, I made the decision to drive home and write a goodbye letter. I knew Jay would be at his parents, so this was the right time. Now, it's hard to think about how my mind was able to get to this point, but somehow it did. When I walked in our door, I was surprised to find Jay home. He looked equally surprised to see me standing there. Are you okay? Jay asked. In answer to this three-word question, which I hadn't been able to answer truthfully for 10 weeks, I was finally ready to say, no, I was not okay. Now, I just wanted to read that as a bit of an intro to today's episode. It's an excerpt out of the start of Chelsea Pottinger's book, The Mindful High Performer. It's the story of how Chelsea uh, went through postnatal depression and how she got on top of that. Basically, I just really wanted to read that because it's such a powerful story. And it's a bit of a PSA that if you are going through such times like that, it's okay, there is help there. But today's episode, I'm talking with Chelsea and we're talking about your potential. We're talking about being a high achiever at work. We're talking about being a high achiever in life. And at the start of this year, I really want to frame everything up so we can have the best shot of being the best version of us. Now, I thank you for that longer intro, but I just felt it was so powerful. I just couldn't put her book down when I read it, and that we'll put a link in the show notes if you do want to get that. But we can't do today's show without the help of Sphere Home Loans. Sphere, they're mortgage brokers. They have a team of people that can help you wherever you are all around Australia. If you're after a refinancing option for your existing mortgage, they can help. If you want your first home, they can help. If you want your first investment property, they can help. Search Sphere Home Loans to get connected to a quality broker. My name's Glenn James. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening today. Let's get into it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Glenn. It's absolutely awesome to be here with you today. Now, start of a new year, uh, we've got a lot of people who want to press reset at the start of the year, and I'm one of them, and I'm sure we all want to do things differently. I just want to take some time today to talk about maybe some workplace performance. So, our kind of two edged sword to this. One, we're at work, we're a performer because we have to perform in all our roles, but also, the other side of the coin, the other side of the sword, if you will, we have to look after ourselves so we can perform. And I've said for years, I can't be the best version of me if I'm not the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so dumb, but <laughs> there's some truth to it. 
if I just started with how would you define high performance in the workplace? So forget eat, pray, love and keeping well. Let's just mm. clinical high performance. So for me, high performance is someone who's not just in what I call beast mode, right, where you've got really high output, you're really enjoying the job, you're feeling fulfilled. However, you're also protecting your mental health and your physical health while doing it. And that's how I see, that's how I see it through my lens of what high performance should look like because I feel like productivity is it's got to, it hasn't been termed the right kind of way. I think sometimes what we do is we term it on output alone and we forget about the actual human being. And so the only way that we can get high performance out of our teams and our people is to make sure that they're feeling happy, fulfilled, on form, they've got good energy, mm. right? Because otherwise they just can't do what we need them to do day to day. So if someone's listening and they want to get the most out of their job, their career, their work this year, what are some red flags that they may not notice at their workplace? Like what do bad companies do? Because you do a lot of corporate work mm. all around Australia, the biggest companies that everyone's heard of. You talk to their leaders yeah. and their teams. Like what are red flags that people might not know? Yeah, I think one of the red flags is I always think, you know, culture starts at the top. What are the leadership teams doing? And if they're saying, you know, we're initiating these wellbeing programs this year and it's really important to us as leaders that you turn up to these workshops and you invest in your health and we've got the Are You OK posters up everywhere and yet they're peppering you at 2am with an email mm. or they're working on the weekend sending you emails, there's a real dissonance there. It's almost like the culture that they want to you know, to the outside world, look that it, we're supporting this, but then they're not actually living and breathing those kinds of behaviours. Mm. And so I really feel like that's a, to me, that's a red flag. I think also the whole thing around taking a break and taking a holiday. I'm, I'm really big at our company on taking a break every six weeks. Now, for people listening, that's going to be probably not achievable. Uh, however, it could just be as easy, Glenn, as taking a Friday off every six weeks and taking a long weekend. Mm. And I think good managers realise that people taking those constant little short breaks, because what happens there scientifically is that two weeks before you take a break, right, you get this natural serotonin release. So people are feeling upbeat. They're feeling, I mean, you speak to anyone who's about to go on a holiday and how do they sound? They awesome. sound yeah. awesome, right? They're chipper <laughs> yeah. and it pisses us off because we don't have a break coming up, right? When but the reason being they've got this anticipatory joy where they're getting this beautiful serotonin release, they're thinking of themselves on this break and then they come back and they're recharged, right? Mm. And then it, it's about two weeks and that feeling sort of wears off, but don't worry, in another month you've got another three-day break. Now, good managers know that by having these consistent breaks throughout the year, uh, people will come back being high performers. Great managers understand that by giving people those consistent breaks or encouraging people to take holidays so they can recharge and not burn out, they know that that is a good thing for people's happiness mm. and performance. It's more about the human being as a whole. And so I think people who, who don't encourage people to take those, those regular breaks and support them on that, that would also be a red flag mm. to me. Yeah, wow. And I just wanted to touch on this because it is the start of the year and I don't want people listening who this time last year, they were saying, I'm going to make a change and they're in the same position. Yeah. I want you to keep moving. I want you to go, look, this isn't ideal. I'm not loving this. And there is an element of risk taking, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, every November, <laughs> everyone calls us, our staff are burnt out. And we need to make some changes. And then the next November, our staff are burnt out. We need to make some changes. And so nothing seems to be moving the dial. And so this is why I think there's some really interesting research coming out from Germany around these consistent shorter breaks. There's really no difference between a two-week break and a week-long break uh, in terms of people's stress levels going down, happiness indicators going up. And so when you have these shorter consistent breaks, and again, it might not be the one week every eight weeks, which is what some, some companies are now doing mm. across uh, international national. It could just be, you know, every eight weeks, we're going to take three or four days off, Monday and a Friday. And 
what they will notice is also that person going on the break when they come back into the team, they've got good energy, right? They're bringing a positive lens. They're more creative. They're more innovative. And it's not like you think about in Australia, right? If we take, say it's every eight weeks, we take a Friday off. That's only six days really of leave right, over the year. But that pause of that three-day break will be so significant. So if people are listening right now at start of the year, opening up your calendar, and this is what I do every year, Glenn. I literally open up my calendar. I've already booked out 2024 and every six weeks I've got a break. And so my clients know I'm taking a break here. So I've got big projects looming. I've got to do keynote speaking and my clients know I'm off that week. And so thinking about looking at this year, it's already booked out. So I've got a break every six weeks this year. And it gives me so much longevity and happiness with my job. So every time I get back from a break, I have joy. Mm. I've got excitement for my job. Like I sprint, I work bloody hard when I'm here, but then I've got a break coming up. It's a good thing. And this is why I'm so passionate about, you know, forget about investing, forget about making money, like with all your investments and property, because we are our job and our career more than we're looking at our investment account, more than we're researching property. So this is why I'll always keep encouraging people, if you're not happy with what you're doing, it doesn't have to stay this way forever. Because all that stuff sounds really good, but if we're talking to someone on a bus in Adelaide who's going to work who's a nurse, that might be a bit harder. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And then it becomes more of a career discussion, not a job discussion. Yeah, for sure. Mm, And there's also little things that that nurse could do day to day that actually helps refill the cup. And I think also if you give enough pre-plan, you know, every eight weeks you're taking a Friday off and taking a weekend or whatever that looks like, depending on your schedule, you know, I think that's enough time, right, for your manager to go, okay, I understand that. Let's shuffle the decks here. So the shift, so the rosters are looking okay. It's really interesting around this investment piece as well, Glenn. I think, you know, we invest for sure with our money in property and shares. And and I think it's really important, right, to commercially take us to the end. Yeah, that's why we do it for financial security, commercially take us to the end. But then there's a component of me that thinks, hang on a second, why aren't we looking after our vessel, right, our mental health and our physical health, when this is the thing that's going to take us to our very last breath. So it's great to have financial security. It's great to have investments, but we also want to be able to enjoy that. I don't want people listening to be crippled up with Alzheimer's or dementia at the age of 70 Mm. and work so hard to get to their retirement age, but all of a sudden they're not body-abled, right, to enjoy it. I was talking to someone last night. We're having dinner at the, the new W at Darling Harbour and I was saying, it's so weird like I'm financially considered successful and I look down and I'm like, but that boat is worth $20 million. <laughs> the amount of difference between me who's very well off relative to most people and my friend said to me, she said, do you reckon you could generate that type of money in your business? And I said, I probably could but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And I'm not prepared to go full ham into chasing dollars mm. because I'm comfortable and life's good. So I always like to think to myself, at what cost? Absolutely. Now, if I can take you back to the nurse who might not have the latitude or nurse or insert day job here, school teacher or whatnot, yeah. how do we balance the work life if we can't get that day off, if we can't have a four-day work week? Mm. Like what are some of those things that you're talking about during the day that people can do to press reset and get back into their body? Yeah, beautiful. Great question. And so I think let's start at the very start of the day because we're probably the most empowered then, right? The decisions we're making then is what's going to give us the energy for the day. So one of the simplest, most practical things that I talk about in my keynotes a lot is when you wake up in the morning, the best thing about us being a human is that you get to fresh slate, right? You get to start fresh, new day, new beginnings. And so often, so many of us pick up our mobile phone and start scrolling on social media, the news, work emails. Now, it's really interesting because when we're taking those kinds of responses in off the phone directly into the eyeballs, particularly in the first few minutes of the morning, what is going on there? the brain is that the amygdalas where stress and anxiety reside get stimulated. Right? Mm. So we get this massive cortisol surge. Sounds good, right? Amazing. 
<laughs> so we're feeling great. We're taking in this trauma from the world, feeling it in every cell of our being going, today's mm. going to be good. And then, you know, the adrenal glands start pumping up some norepinephrine. And then all of a sudden our brain wiring, like our synaptic connections start to change. And things like fear, worry, paranoia, that gets more hardwired into our circuitry in the brain. And we haven't even put our foot outside of our bed yet. Like we haven't even hit the start button yet. And so many of us start the day that way. And so such a simple mindset reset that people listening that I'm just going to challenge you to try this out just for a few days. And that is when you wake up in the morning, number one, change your alarm sound. So if your alarm sounds like beep, beep, if that's your sound when you wake up, then number one thing I'm going to encourage you to do is change it right, to something that's more natural to the brain. As you can imagine, you're kind of triggering your way into the morning. So, so like some birds chirping. Birds chirping, mm. guitar strum. Mm. You can set up an applause. I tried that for a month to give myself a clap to <laughs> wake up in the morning. Felt great. Anything, anything, Glenn, but that beep, beep sound. Mm. And then number two, phone goes down. You're now going to have some discipline here not to check it because... Now you're all empowered while listening to this podcast to know that that is actually really detrimental for our brain. Mm. So put phone goes down at three while you're laying there in bed. I'm just going to encourage you to think about a few things that you're grateful for, just genuinely grateful for. I think it, it puts everything into perspective. I mean, there's so much robust evidence when it comes to gratitude. And it's not about, you know, toxic positivity, which I see a little bit out there, right, on uh, social media, which is like, good vibes only, mm. no bad day, because that that doesn't really exist. But what it's about is these tiny wins that we can do for the brain where serotonin will get released instead of cortisol and norepinephrine, mm -hmm. right? And to me, that just has to be a better way to start the day. And it could be the smallest of things. You get up to brush your teeth and you turn on a faucet here in this country and you get clean drinking water. Mm. That's pretty outstanding to me, given that we've both just been in Bali, you know, mm. last year and we can't do that. And so I think these little things will start to algorithm the brain in the right kind of way. And so, you know, you do that, you get up out of your bed, open up the curtains, get some sunlight onto your eyes, suppress them, you know, suppress the melatonin so you feel more awake. Say something like today's going to be a good day, you know, something in kind of that kind of positive nature. Again, the brain's still wiring. Do the I have right to way. make my bed? <laughs> There's some cool stuff around making the bed. <laughs> So, so, and you think about like people, I'm always like, if you can not look at your phone for eight minutes, people are like, oh my gosh, eight minutes is long. It's not really, right? Like you get up, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth. That's kind of eight minutes done, mm. right? Really? Like you do, you know, you make your bed. Let's talk about making your bed. Yeah. Um, so my mum drummed that into me when I was a young girl growing up in Albury. I think it was for good manners, to be honest. And then now we train the military and the defence and the Navy and they're fastidious about making their bed in the morning. And the reason being, and McRaven has got a cool commencement speech out there on YouTube for those who want to go and dive a bit deeper on this topic. But he talks about when you make the bed in the morning, one, you start the day off with a win. And in this life, it's the little things that truly matter. And if we can't do these little things right, we'll never be able to do the big things right. And if we start the day off with making our bed, right, that's a it's a vote of evidence to yourself that, hey, I can do these little habits. Got my house in order. I have my house in order. And guess what? If we go to work and we have a crap day, we come home, we had to come home and a bed's made, right, that we mm. made. Mm. And, you know, we know that tomorrow will be better. And so I think that's a real little win. I still make my bed in hotel rooms. I know that sounds random. But, it's, again, it's a part of these little habits that reminds me that I'm disciplined and I can do hard things. So the the people that we are today, Glenn, sitting here in, in the studio, it's the summation of all these little habits is who we are right now, the character that we are, the foods that we choose, the sleep that we had last night, the, you know, mm. all these little choices matter. So, yeah, that's a, a really good way. And it's probably best practice anyway if you can get a day off every six weeks. Yeah. I mean... What's the worst that's going to happen? You I become must happier? Confess, like when <laughs> I heard your keynote a million years ago, <laughs> I was sleeping with my mobile phone out of my room. Nice. It changed my life. How good's that? But the problem is because I'm a terrible human, like most of us, that have bad habits, I'll do something for a while, then I might travel and your habits get thrown mm. and then you come home and so that's, yeah, that's a really hard challenge. In terms of... Yeah, no comment needed. So where's uh, your phone now? Is it back in your room? Yeah. 
that I, I put it on the floor on Do Not Disturb. That's good. Mm. Which is, it helps, yeah. I think the I think when you're learning any kind of new habit, help your brain along. You know, mm. if you're someone who really loves to look at your phone right before you go to sleep and the first thing you do when you wake up, I mean, if that's the only thing you do differently from this whole podcast is bookend your day where you don't look at your phone half an hour before bed, right? So then you're getting really good sleep because you're getting the deep REM that's required because your melatonin will get produced and you don't check it for the first eight minutes in the morning. That's huge. What's your view on the melatonin uh, supplement tablets? That would be a discussion with people's doctors. You know, I think melatonin definitely helps. I've been on melatonin before when I've had a mental health relapse mm-hmm. and had to go back on to um, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, plus I had insomnia. So my psychiatrist put me on melatonin as a supplement and that was great. I was on it for six weeks, some people on it for a few years. And I think that's a discussion with the doctor to say, hey, I need something to assist. And I think it's a natural occurring thing in the brain rather than a benzo. Like benzos mm. are highly addictive. I mean, I've been down that pathway before. Yeah. And uh, everyone, if you want to hear a bit more about Chelsea's journey that I mentioned at the very top of the episode and, you know, the benzos and all that stuff, I'll put a link in the show notes to your book. Thank uh, you. Because it is a great, um, yeah, I couldn't put it down. It's really a... It's like, is this fiction? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It felt like fiction in my life yeah. too, like a nightmare to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, the melatonin is a really good discussion to have with people's doctors. I think there's some interesting stuff that came out from Dr Michael Boris, um, who's a sleep psychologist, saying that after the age of 52, which we're quite clearly very far away from, uh, but after, <laughs> after the age of 52, the pineal gland does get a little bit lazier and doesn't produce as much melatonin. And a lot of people who are older do find it difficult to get to sleep. So that supplementation, right, sometimes we just need it. And that's a really good discussion to go and have with your GP rather than buying it for 10 milligrams a tab in the USA. That's what I do. Do you? And they're like one chuvel, one before bed. (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie. It helps. I have have four. Four before bed? Mm -hmm. What's the dosage? 10 milligrams. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Hey, you do what you can do. Is this when you're travelling? No, it's oh, at home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I run out. Do you not lay down on the couch and we'll have a session right now? Yeah, no, but kidding. what I have done, my sleep's been really good lately. Great. And do you know, this is so crazy, everyone. I have low lighting in my lounge room and kitchen. After dinner, low lighting in my whole house. Beautiful. I'm just channeling my inner caveman. So good. And there's truth to that. It's super for the brain. Mm. So if, if people listening can literally just dim their lights or turn off half your lights in your house yep. from, say... Get some lamps. Eight, get lamps. Yep. Get lamps. So you know, even your bedroom, if you've got overhead light on your bedroom ceiling, that will suppress your melatonin. So turn your bedroom lights off, put a lamp by your bed. I've got LED strips, have Beautiful. them at 10%. Natural light, 3,500K light temp yes. for the nerds out there. So good. Okay, getting off track, but this is all encouraging because it doesn't matter how much money you earn. Mm. It doesn't matter how much wealth you amass in your little investment account. That's cute. If the wheels fall off, Mm -hmm. if you can't be productive, Mm -hmm. what does it matter? Mm -hmm. And take it from Chelsea, the wheels did come off. Mm. A lot of people listening, the wheels have come off. Mm -hmm. I've had times when the wheels have come off. Mm. And that's why for me, I don't care about building an empire. I don't care about amassing as much money as possible. So how do we really balance work and life? Like if someone is actually struggling to disconnect, I was talking to a friend the other day. She said, I feel like work's my life and it shouldn't be. Mm. And particularly they don't pay me enough to feel this way. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I really feel like we've lost the art to play and have Mm. fun in life. We're so serious these days and a lot of our world is work mm. and and that's okay if you love it, you know, that whole work piece. I love what I do. However, the reason why I love it is because I've got very, very strong boundaries that I adhere to in my life. I think for a lot of people listening, I would say, hey, take a moment to journal down what gives you energy and think about learning a new hobby this year, something that you're going to be completely crap at at the start. Two things will happen here. One, you're going to be so immersed in this new learning, something that will light you up. Uh, Like, for example, I took up horse riding two years ago with my daughter. Oh, nay. (laughs) Nay. 
and it's beautiful. I mean, mm. learned from the ground up together. Mm. And we're flowing when we're doing it because I had no idea how to ride a horse and I had to learn absolutely everything about horses. And I feel like my time stops still. And it's a really de-stressing moment. Uh, surfing was another one. Could not surf to save myself. Moved to Jerengong. I'm like, oh my gosh, I live at the beach. Set up a little surfing group community and just got lessons every week. And now we've got like 72 people, which is actually very overwhelming in this WhatsApp surf group, but they're all women. It was a great way to meet the community. How do you monetize that now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, and so I think that whole thing around that play, that playfulness in life is really, really, you know, what's the point? We get to the end of our life and reflect back going, oh, you know, that, there's that great book around Brené, what's her name? Brown. Not Brené no. Brown, who's amazing as well. Uh, Brené Ware, who wrote The Five Regrets of the Dying. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've heard of that one. You know this one? Yep. And people don't lay on their deathbed going, I wish I had to spend another couple of hours at work. They don't. They're like, I wish I would have allowed myself to be happier and lived a life that was true to me. I wish I would have allowed myself to spend more time with the people that I love. And and it's kind of annoying that we get that message when we're kind of laying there on the deathbed, but it's like take it from people who are there mm. and like her big studies and we can start doing little things about it now. It doesn't need to be huge. It's just like doing a couple of things outside of your work environment mm. and also so you become a more interesting person. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise you just, all your conversations are either work mm. or if you have kids, it's all about the kids. Whereas if you become more interesting and interested in other people, I think. When I started my TAFE course last year, it's so dumb that I'd never felt more alive because of the mental contrast that it brought to my week. Phenomenal. And what was the course? Maritime operations. <laughs> <laughs> but you're loving it. So good. So good. And I would just encourage anyone to just don't put up with your your crap life. And that's really hard to hear and it's quite offensive. And it doesn't mean that you might be able to change tomorrow. Just take one small step. Mm. Write a list. If your life sucks, write a list, brain dump, all the ways that you can think of mm. that you can change it. And if one of them is my partner is not engaged and he's a buffoon and mm. all that, well, I might not get to that just yet, but I might get to I don't love the colour splashback in my kitchen. Mm. And that's so, it's so offensive. If your life sucks, mm. We live in the most amazing place. Amazing country. We can put steps in place this year to unsuck your life. That should be a book, mm. How to Unsuck Your Life. I like that. I do, yeah. <laughs> um, can we talk about something here then around yeah. if your life sucks? Mm. Uh, because one of the biggest things that I see for mental ill health is loneliness mm. and people are really missing out on connection. And so your friendships they are so important in this life. And if you don't have time in your calendar to actually invest in your friends, it is a very lonely world. And even if you're out there striving and making money, you've got, say you've got the biggest house in Sydney, but no one's coming over to fill it. That to me is just so empty. Mm. I'd rather have the crappest house on the South Coast and have heaps of friends and connection. Mm. And you know where it's really paramount is when I call them foul weather friends, right? We all have fair weather friends that turn up when life's good and you're partying and you're, and you're having a great time and going on holidays. But the foul weather friends are the most important. They're the ones that turn up when you find out that a good friend's got cancer and they rally. Mm. And they're the ones that send you food and they're the ones that check in on you daily and they're the ones that, and they're the long-term investments that you've made over 15 to 20 years of being there. Mm. Here's a challenge. If you're not driving right now, I want you to pick up your phone, think of one friend in your life and do it friend appropriately. Like if you've got a warm and fuzzy friendship, be like, hey, thinking of you, if you need anything, let me know. Mm. Or what I did to my friend the other night, so Nick Bradley, who hosts our Invested podcast, we kind of text almost daily just random crap and Instagram memes. I hadn't heard from him for a while mm. and I just text him. I'm like, welfare check, dot, dot, dot. Mm, great. And then he didn't reply. So I FaceTimed him and he answered and said, 
what do you want? I'm drinking a red wine, trying to have sex with my wife, and we're watching The Voice. <laughs> All those three things at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was just like, oh, hey, just seeing how you're going. Yeah, um, great. So, great. yeah, I, I just think that connection piece, and maybe that's on your list of I'm not happy with my life. And maybe you could, I'm telling the professional here, but like, could you write? Here are 10 things I'm grateful for. Yeah. Here are 10 things I want to improve yeah, in 2024. Yeah, I love that. And I know on that list needs to be like who you're investing into this mm. year is your friendships. Mm. Who are the people that make you feel great? When you're with them, you feel you feel great. You mm. walk away from that event going, well, I feel amazing. Spend more time with those people. Mm. It's a very easy proverb. You spend more time with the people that make you feel good. Mm. Yeah. Spend less time with the people that have kind of got that toxic culture, right, mm. Who, where you walk out of an event and you feel like there's a knife in your back. Just spring clean them out, mm. right? Because to be honest, awesome humans hang out together. You just need one awesome friend, right? Mm. And then you start populating that. And my mum gave me this really good advice, uh, Glenn, when I was growing up. She's given me some crackers in my life. But she said, you know, when I was 18, I got my first Nokia 5210 mobile mm. phone. And uh, she said, now you've got your phone for the first time. Two rules of your life. One, because she's a minimalist too and she's like, Every September you spring clean your wardrobe. So that was one of her rules. Quality things over quantity. And then same with your friends. Mm. Quality over quantity. Every year you're going to spring clean your mobile phone. Anyone in that phone that is bitchy or toxic, uh, just Get delete their off. number. Yeah. And I'm like, mum, that's pretty full on. And she's like, but it's vital for your well-being. You'll thank me for this in a mm. decade. And it's the best thing she's ever done because my friends are legends, right? Mm. They are awesome. I haven't had to spring clean my phone for about 15 years. Mm. Yeah. And you know the people, everyone. You know the people yeah. that you've got to just go cut, cut, cut. Hey, we'll take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about goal setting and achievement for this year. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Just a bit of housekeeping for this week. The biggest thing that I want to say is next month in February, we are changing the name of this podcast. There'll be a new name. It won't have the word millennial. There will be new cover art for all our shows, starting with My Millennial. And we just want to make this more open to people that aren't in the millennial age range. You see, everything we talk about is for all ages. I just called it My Millennial to start with in 2018 because it was a cool word and and I am a millennial. But as we go on and as we progress this podcast, we've got listeners who are in their late teens and also early 70s. And one further piece of housekeeping, if you would like to subscribe to our email list, there's a link in the show notes. We just do a fortnightly blast to keep you in the loop. I always make sure that there's a value add to that and it will keep you involved with our community so there you have it. Everything's changing next month, but nothing's changing. And if you really find this episode of value, can you please forward it to a friend or family member? It's one way that we can keep the show uh, growing. And the last bit of housekeeping is John's book, Sort Your Property Out and Build Your Future is now available. You can click the link in the show notes and put your order in. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get back into the show. So the start of a new year, people have goals. I want to do this. I want to do that. 
So how do you go about in your own life, uh, maybe that other people do, maybe science has proved it, how do you go about setting an agenda, setting a goal and achieving that mm. um, at the start of a new year or at the start of a new season? Mm. So I do them in a particular way. At the start of you know this year, I sit down. Well, actually, last December, I always catch up with my husband for a lunch. We go put through the, the year goals and just tick, tick, tick of what ones we achieved and which ones we didn't. We check in every quarter right throughout the year to see how we're tracking. Goals can be fluid and change as Mm. well and that's totally okay. And then we sit down and we think about our goals for the next year and then we talk to our daughter Clara as well and she sets her own little goals as well. And so we put them into buckets because I think with life it can't just be all about uh, career and money. We need a holistic human being. So we sit down and go, okay, what's our physical health goals this year? right? And some of them can just be maintenance. Mm. Otherwise you could feel quite overwhelmed of like, now I've got to think of a new goal for my physical fitness. It could literally just be uh, maintenance. And I always say to people, think about a word of how you want to feel for the year. Yeah. Mm. So for me, uh, it would be feel vibrant will be my 20, like this year, 2024, I want to feel vibrant. 2023 goal last year was calm. Mm. Yeah. So I think of a word and I think, okay, what, how are the goals going to actually achieve that? And then I go break it down physical health and mental health first, because again, this is my home, right? This is the vessel. If you do not take care of your home, where else are you going to live? Yeah. So take care of the physical and mental health because that's going to help you then achieve the goals. Then the next thing that comes in is relationships. So I am married, so I think about with Jay, what do we want to do as a relationship goal? So it could be things like surprise date night quarterly. Uh, It could be two trips away a year as a couple without our daughter and friends. Uh, Then I think about our daughter, Clara, what are the goals with her? You know, it's a Joy Day, a mummy and daughter Joy Day once a month. It's a surprise live music festival with her. It's fortnightly horse riding lessons, whatever that kind of looks like. So then, so we've got health, we have relationships, right? Then I think about who are the five friends I'm investing in this year? My friendships, who am I taking away on a surprise trip, right? Who really needs it this year? I'm going to surprise them. Then I think about career, right? Because I love my career and I always have to think about what's the impact EQ Minds are doing. Um, A part of that would be like my, you know, travel maximum two nights away a week is one of my goals. Uh, But also scalability, what are we doing there? Financial goals are there, investments into the property, into the shares. Uh, Then it's like education. So it's kind of, as you can see, Glenn, it's like breaking them down into kind of these buckets. Then I think about the planet. What are my planet goals this year? Uh, two non-meat meals a week, right? That's one of my planet goals. Volunteer day with Zembrero. Uh, then charity goals are there too. And then I have my holiday goals, my fun goals. Because mm. again, remember, we've lost the art of having fun. So that needs to be up on the goal sheet. And and it's really cool. Like when you think about your year, like I look at my last year holidays and I'm like, what an epic year. And then I think about 2024 and I'm like, you know, this year I'm like, what an amazing year because I can see it playing out. Uh, so that's kind of how I set it into those kinds of buckets. Mm. Yeah. And if someone didn't have their spouse or partner on board, like how would you suggest that they do that? So, for example, someone's listening to this really engaged and they want to set the year up and set some direction, but the partner or the spouse is like, nah, whatever. It's not saying not do it, but would you be like, hey, can I at least show you what I would like from this year? Mm -hmm. Get some buy-in? I don't don't know. There's a beautiful thing in relationships around independence, Mm. you know, and I think even if Jay wasn't doing his goals, because he hasn't always been across this stuff, to be honest. He's a sceptic banker that's kind of came into EQ Minds four years Mm. ago as a general manager. and, And so he's come along the journey with me. But I'll do this routinely every single year. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look what's happened this year. This is something that I want to do this year, cold water therapy and my hot showers. Can you keep me accountable, babe? I'd mm. really like you to help me support these goals, right? Uh, Use them for something. Yeah. Accountability. <laughs> accountability. Uh, and, you know, and I think it's that whole thing around gentle, gentle with relationships and then asking them, like, are they into it? And if not, that's totally okay, but this is what I'm going to do personally. And so I think, yeah, it's th- there's ways around having those kinds of conversations, but we don't always have to do everything mm. in a partnership. 
See, for me, and there are going to be people that resonate with this, I could not think of anything worse than writing down those 15 categories that you said Mm. and setting things. Mm. And I've resolved in my life and personal and business, I'm less about the individual goal Mm -hmm. but more about the direction. Yeah, great. And what that has done for me is kept me on track more. Yeah. Because this year I want to well, make something up. Go to a different country I haven't been to. Great. I don't know what country it is. I don't know when. My calendar is flexible. But if I have that in the back of my mind... It will surface. Yeah. So I think if if you are thinking, I don't have the capacity or that's not my vibe to write down health, mental health, yeah. relationships, business, work, yes. friends, bloody learning horse riding, <laughs> I want you to think of... <laughs> and. It's definitely a personality thing. It is. If you're a list person, like what I am, I love this stuff. Whereas if you're not a list person, having more of a general vague, but it's also like nice to know where you're heading. Mm. And I know you're the guest here, but I just want to tell my listeners, for people who are like me, Mm. because there are people like you. Mm. You're one of them. (laughs) And there are lots of them listening. Yeah. Now, I do this sometimes when I do a live event with people. Mm. And I want everyone to do this and screenshot your phone so you can re-listen to this when you get home. If you do anything, I want you to write down five things that you would like to do this year. Mm. It could be the health thing, mental health, mm-hmm. I want to move house, five things. That's yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. Then what I want you to do, and it kind of doesn't work this way because it's better if you do it live with people. Then I say, now... If I had a magic wand and I could grant you any of those things today, Mm. which one would it be? Mm. And then that single one there is all your energy needs to go towards. Your razor on that. Mm. Yeah, nice. Because it's just, and there's probably a third type of person listening Mm. who isn't us. Yeah, of course. And it is just that start thinking what you do like about your life, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. And in your book and even my book, we talk about SMART goals Mm. and it's just a nice framework. Yeah, definitely. I call mine SMART YO goals. Yeah. Do you know what the YO is? No, tell me. It's got to be yours. Mm -hmm. So you're not doing something because your family want you to buy a house. Yes, good. And then it has to be in order. Mm. It's a goal of mine to buy an Aston Martin DB12. Mm -hmm. Absolutely want one. Is it really? Oh, yeah. You love them. Oh. <laughs> Although, Bentley, their new Continental, oh, anyway. But that's a long-term goal. Yeah. But it's not right to do now. It's not the right order. Yes. Yeah. It's not realistic. It's not practical. So yeah. all of that stuff. It's cool. I so like that. There'll be a link in the show notes uh, to Chelsea's book. The winner is getting your your goals or your vision or your direction out of your head mm-hmm. onto an app, onto paper. I think that's the key thing. So many times we don't have, we actually don't sit with our own thinking or our own reflection. And so we just keep doing, we don't challenge the status quo. It's the same life we live every single day. It feels like Groundhog Day. Mm. So I feel like if you take the time to pause and get out of our head and get it onto paper, what is it that you really want? Like mm. what, what do you really want from this life? Mm. And start working on ways to do that. If we take it back to our day-to-day, mm-hmm. because a lot of the time we spend most of our freaking life working, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> how do you reckon in our day-to-day that we can maximise our tasks and not be distracted? Mm. Like a list's good. Was it your book you talk about 90-minute sessions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go there. Yeah. So, How do we maximise our day? How we maximise our day. Okay. So the brain is not like a computer chip. We can't just keep flogging it. It needs these proper circuit breakers mm. yet to recharge. So there's these things called ultradine rhythms. So at night time we have these things called circadian rhythms, 90 minutes usually of five stages of sleep. Circadian, bang, 90-minute clock. During the day we've got these things called ultradine rhythms, 90 minutes of peak 
and trough focus points throughout the day. So their body's kind of running on these clock systems. Mm. And so how I structure my day and depending on what kind of work I'm doing for the day and depending on the listeners who are listening in, I'll go 90 minutes hard in the saddle, right? Like I will literally down the top, particularly if I'm like content creating or I'm studying at university or I'm pitching, right? I know what I need to do get done in that 90-minute cycle. I put a do not disturb, right? I put Bose headsets on. I listen to a soundtrack, preferably binaural beats or pink or white noise, and you can all find that just on Spotify. That will get me into a different brainwave, so I'm really focused in. Hang on. So you're saying if you're crunching away, you'll listen to white noise? Yeah, or binaural beats. It changes the hertz, the hertz in the inner ear to get you into a different brainwave to get you to focus. So I listen. Can't I use Dexies for that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Different things for different people. Uh, And so that really helps. So so I'm right in it, right? Mm. I'm really in the flow. Now I could, I was someone who could push through and a lot of people can push through that 90 minutes. But here's the thing. If you push through the 90 minutes, what happens is that the brain fatigues. Right? Mm. And you end up multitasking yourself into inefficiency. You have like 12 tabs open and you make mistakes. So I find what I'll do at home, if I'm working from home, I'll do a 90-minute in the saddle, I'll put a stopwatch on, right? Bang, 90 minutes, the alarm will go off and it's down the tools. So in that five-minute brain break that I have, I'll go and put a load of washing on, mm. slow cooker goes on, you know, I walk and get a coffee. Anything that does not require me to be on tech I go do that. Then I come back in the saddle. I go for another 90 minutes. Now, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about this a lot. If you've swallowed the Huberman pill and you like listening to Andrew Huberman, who I love, he talks about this a lot, that a lot of us can only handle two, maximum three of these high 90-minute states throughout the day. The rest of the day needs to be kind of monotonous tasks. So those 90 minutes need to be the things that you need really intense brain power for uh, because just the brain's capacity. And you need to kind of adapt up. So it's like caffeine, right? You have one coffee and you kind of get used to it. Then you start having two coffees, right? Then you get caffeine adapted. Almost like my melatonin. Like your melatonin. (laughs) You get melatonin adapted. So, (laughs) yeah, so two, I do do probably two a day depending on my speaking schedule. Mm. But I find that really helpful. Other people uh, who need shorter breaks, there's another thing called Pomodoro technique, which is 25 minutes on right, five-minute break. That's also really good for people who are listening. They may be studying at the moment because of how the brain kind of recalls and retains information. It's going to like embed into your brain the first few minutes of the study and the last few minutes of the study and it kind of misses that big bell curve. Mm. So shorter, sharper bursts if you're into study for recall retention stuff. Can you type in the beats thing there in Spotify? Yeah, just how to spell it or whatever because I'm a bit basic and uh, we'll, we'll also just list that in the show notes. And also on things like Apple Music, if you put in a focus playlist, mm. it will pull through binaural beats for you. When I was um, studying, I would just search on Spotify like ethereal music. Yeah. You found that. Got you like in the, the groove. space music, yeah. So they've got binaural beats focus, binaural beats deep sleep, so that would be a different kind of hurts for that one, binaural beats calm your anxiety. There's a bunch of them on there. Wow, let's play one for everyone. <laughs> let's do the focus. So this is 107 to 115 hertz. Is that all it does? And it'll change. It'll change the music throughout the, throughout the, the vibe. soundtrack. Yeah, change the vibe. Yeah. Interesting. Hey everyone, <laughs> it's Glenn. I need you to focus right now. You can do this. Get into your body. Get out of your head. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, in our short time, I just want to PSA to the expecting mums, mm, new mums, mm. um, what would you say to them given your experience with postnatal depression? Mm, thank you for letting me have this space for that. So I would say to new mums and dads, because dads, one in 10 fathers go through perinatal and postnatal anxiety and depression, uh, and women, uh, I think it's like... 
two in 10 or maybe it's more. I should know that as a Gidget ambassador. Anyway, it's a lot. And so I think it's that whole thing around education and empowerment before you have the baby. Mm. There's so much focus, you know, when you're about to have a child and there's so much excitement. You know, I was the last person that all my friends or family would suspect that I'd be someone who suffered postnatal anxiety and depression. I was so excited to have Clara. It took us seven years to fall pregnant with her. As you can imagine, everyone, completely elated when you finally find out you're pregnant after trying for that long. And all I wanted was this baby girl. It's all I wanted, or baby boy. I actually didn't know what I was having. And so I was so consumed with the apps that tell you, oh, it's a cucumber this week and now it's a pineapple in size. And, you know, there was just zero awareness, zero education on on uh, mental ill health that mm. can happen to mums and dads. I had no idea. And so I think one of the best things to do in life is just get empowered and educated. Mm. Yeah, so uh, the Gidget Foundation... Maybe you could add them to the show notes. Absolutely, is that okay, yeah. Glenn? They are phenomenal. They're our charity here in Australia where they've got all the education on their website, signs and symptoms to look out for mm. as you're going through your pregnancy plus post-birth to also look out for your partner and also friends, right, just check in with your friends and going, are they displaying these signs and symptoms? I was like tick box for every sign and symptom post-baby. Because it wasn't quite unquote normal to want to do an overseas trip alone six weeks. Was it six weeks or six months? She was nine weeks. Nine like weeks that's not old. normal to leave my baby behind. Mm. So there's some bonding issues there. Mm. The fact that I could just take off like that, that's a that's a red flag. Mm. Let alone all everything else that was going on behind the scenes mm. with the insomnia and the anxiety and the crying daily and the mm. the super vigilance to sound. Uh, and so I'll just say hey just get really educated and empowered, right? So if it happens, you can pick it up really quickly and it probably won't happen to you. I really hope it doesn't, but if it does, you'll you pick it up we, and therefore you won't spiral to the depths of darkness mm. where I did. And I think that's with life, right? We just need to get across stuff so we're aware. Yeah, look out for that and kind of swinging back to the front, like knowing what the red flags are. That. So for my year in my 20s, I didn't get medicated for depression and anxiety till I think early 30s. Yeah. I didn't know all these signs. I thought that was just how everyone lives. And I'm like, geez, human, it's hard to be a human. <laughs> yeah. How do people do this? They're just like functioning and, oh, everyone must just feel like a train wreck. Everyone must not sleep. Everyone must yes. feel this deep depth of nothing. Everyone must get anxious. Everyone must. But it's knowing the red flags. What were your red flags? Um, sleep. Same. Couldn't sleep. Um, anxiety, like mm-hmm. I couldn't travel well. I do, This is one thing that changed. When I travelled, I had to take um, earplugs and eye masks mm-hmm. and now I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, other red flags, I had, and it was a, a self-aware vibe, but it hit me once I was... When it really hit me, I was standing in London in Piccadilly Circus and I was the most depressed, saddest I've ever been mm. and I knew something wasn't right because I was the envy of a lot of my friends having time to do what I wanted when I wanted money to do whatever I wanted, mm. um, traveling the world, had my first home by the beach, dream suburb, it was a brand new house. Mm. So all the external things were right. And I'm like, I still shouldn't be feeling this way. Mm -hmm. So, and then another red flag was not being able to get out of bed. Mm. Um, What helped you? What helped you shift? Oh, it was, I think, definitely the talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And some of it uh, was reactive depression. There was like, for example, a a business partner that I was with and it was like crippling depression because of that. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, sounds like you're not a good match. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And then like the moment I got rid of that business relationship, almost overnight the depression left. Wow. So my personal thing, it flows depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then so a bit of talk therapy, um, for me, definitely medication. 
Same here. Like changed my life. Life changing. And I love it. I'm like never take yeah, me off this. Well, I said to the doctor. Yeah. Um, so I started with Zoloft and that was really good for me. And everyone just speak to your own GP. Don't need to mention brands to them. Yeah. Um, and that was really stable. Then I started to get headaches out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, oh, your body can change. So I weaned off that and now I changed to an SSRNI, mm-hmm. Fexor Venlafaxine. And that's pretty good. And one thing that really was a red flag was my gut health. Mm-hmm. And being medicated for anxiety mm-hmm. has changed my gut health. Mm-hmm. Just so fascinating. It's incredible. So if you've got to go to the bathroom a few times a day, yep. um, red flag. Yeah, 100%. That's not normal. That's not normal. And I thought it was IBS. Yeah. But it, it actually wasn't. Yeah. So if things don't feel right in your body, in your mind, sleep is a big thing for me. If same. I'm not sleeping, there's a problem. Same here. I'm exactly the same, Glenn. And I think, I mean, thank you for sharing that because I feel like, I mean, men don't talk about it much at all. And also just the normalization that we're having here of the mental ill health plus the medication piece. And for me too, is the red flag is the sleep. Like I've, you know, I think there's so much we can do without medication. So much, mm. so much, so much in the toolkit, so many things we can do. And I don't think it should be prescribed first line if you haven't done these other things that you can do naturally. However, medication definitely needs to be viewed from our whole audience who are listening as another tool in the toolkit. Just like people who take insulin for diabetes, some of us, like Glennon and myself, we need serotonin. Otherwise, we will die. And so I think it's that whole thing around you must speak to your doctor and preferably psychiatrist if you're going to be medicated because we're also unique and different and they'll find the thing that works well for you. And, you know, I've tried to come off it twice. I've fallen flat on my face Mm -hmm. and my psychiatrist was like, okay, we now know Mm. that you are somebody who needs to be on an SSRI for the rest of your life. Are you okay about that? I'm like, I am totally great with this. Do not take me off it. I tried to come off it a few years ago and... I just, it gave me flashbacks to how I felt in my 20s and like I was exercising like I just, and I was just like, oh, it's not me. And for me as well, this, one of the red flags was everything had a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. Like same everything and whether driving, Mm -hmm. was this traffic there? And that's a red flag. But if I'm stressed, I get impatient on the road. Mm. And everything had a sense of urgency. Yeah, that's I get hyperproductive, which mm. in theory sounds good, but it's actually if you switch then into mania, where mm. you're like, I'm not sleeping because I've got too many things to do for work and business, and I'm yep. so excited, and, blah, 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 and don't sleep for three nights, that is oh, detrimental. You will spiral so hard. Mm. So I feel like, I don't know, I said to my husband, it's kind of like my limitless drug. You know, mm. it helps me make really clear decisions. I sleep so well. I'm so – I also think it's just fair. I just mm. think it's fair for us. We can function like every other human being. And if you are worried that you might feel that you need something, don't get stressed out about if they do try you on some medication because the way that it was explained to me was between zero and ten, most people might sit on a seven – if they have a bad few days or a situation, it might drop them down to four. Mm-hmm. But people like us, we normally sit on a four. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you can dip down to under zero. So mm-hmm. it is that life vest. Life vest. So good. So you're an ambassador for the Gidget Foundation. You've got EQ Minds. You do corporate keynotes. So if you're a corporate listening to this and you want someone to come in and talk to your people about this stuff, You've got an awesome podcast. We'll put a link in the show notes. We'll put a link for your book. You're welcome back anytime. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Glenn. It's such a such a pleasure to be in the same space as you, mate. And it's funny that it's a money podcast, but the money doesn't matter unless you nail this crap. 100%. You don't take care of your home. Where else are you going to live? Mm. Okay. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.